and welcome back to the Curiosity Chamber. This is Season 3, Episode 20. First of all, thank you everyone that has been downloading the podcast. I appreciate the support very much. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram or TikTok, you can do so by searching the Curiosity Chamber. And new to the arsenal of social media is Snapchat. I just downloaded that a few days ago, and that has been a disaster, but I think we got it figured out now. You can follow that channel at The Chamber Pod. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our next guest. He is a documentary filmmaker from the UK, currently showing his debut documentary, The Real Black Sabbath. Very controversial. I hope you enjoy the podcast. This is Harry Robinson. Hello, Harry. Thanks for being here, man. Hi, Jay. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We were uh, we were just talking offline about how the UK is going through this massive heat wave, right? So are, are you are you living in the UK permanently? Because I know you you did come to the states to to do this documentary, which we're about to discuss. Yeah. So uh, so I, yeah, I I live I, I go to uni uh, in Sheffield in the north of the UK, and I mean you know I I live here. I, I was just on an AM. A year abroad in Oklahoma, which is when I, I filmed the uh, the documentary. But yeah, I mean the the heat wave at the moment is is scary, and it's yeah. a weird one as well. There's, there was a there was a big clip that went viral in the UK of some some interview on on the like morning news or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and they were talking about how lovely is it that like you know everything's hot and everyone can go outside and, and have ice cream and stuff like that, and it, it was like a a climate expert. And he was essentially having this meltdown, basically going, no one's talking about the fact that the planet's on fire. And <laughs> like at the moment, there's like a hose pipe ban. Now, I'm not sure if you have those in the, in the US, but like you're not allowed to use your hose pipe because there's no water in yeah. like parts of the country. Mad, mad, mad stuff like that. And I, I was saying before we, you know, you press record that, you know, I went to London. I was in Regent's Park in London and the grass was all just orange and dead. Yeah, the first time you ever seen that. So, is the UK not built for for warm weather like that, like extreme hot weather? No, not extremes. So, like, so I was in Oklahoma. Oklahoma is is the home of extremes. It was for sure. It, it was <laughs> it, what, it was like forty degrees Celsius, so that's like a hundred Fahrenheit or whatever. Like yeah, in the it's summer, like dried and out beef turkey. And then it well, then it dropped down to minus twenty Celsius in the in the winter and there was like sheet ice but only yeah. for a few days and then there was tornadoes and all sorts whereas here it's just like it, if it gets really cold it'll be like minus five you know and there'll be some snow maybe if it's yeah. really hot it'll be like 20 degrees celsius which is nothing really in, in the so u.s what is it with the uk to where they're not is it just because the weather patterns i, I honestly don't know I, with with climate change the weather's gone mental <laughs> yeah, yeah like and, and it's meant there's more snow when like when you're not expecting snow like we've had snow in like, march <laughs> and then like there'll be times like this where it is unbelievably hot especially if you go to yeah. a place like london where london is the most humid place anyway because of how tight all right, the buildings right. are and, and stuff like that and it's yeah, yeah. no I, I couldn't i was down in london the weekend could not sleep <laughs> it was too, too hot well, I hope it changes. Um, let's get into the, this documentary, right? So, yeah. So, man, I, I watched it yesterday, 
And what do you think? <laughs> it's a pretty damn controversial topic, huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think. See, I, I've I've got a weird interest in the 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 taboo and the kind of especially the kind of fringes of of society, the stuff that sure. that you don't normally see. And yeah, how I, big is this group? So, so the group itself are are massive in the US. Okay. Um, the 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 group it, it, we should probably mention is the ISUBK, the mm-hmm. uh, Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. The main hub is in or where it was founded is in uh, New York, in Harlem. Yeah. But they have, I think it's like forty one different branches all across the US, and then there's one in the UK, oh, wow. which I'd okay. never I'd never heard of. But the the one in the UK is based in Birmingham. Okay. Got um, it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Oh, sorry. From what I gathered after watching it, it it reminds me of kind of very ironically a black, black white supremacy group. I mean, to put it no no other way, right? I mean, it it definitely mirrors a white supremacy group, just black. Yeah, well, there's a there's a part in the documentary where because I've interviewed a a neo Nazi in the past in the US, like based in the US, and there's a part in the documentary where where despite this group being an Israelite group and they call themselves Jews, they, they refuse to call themselves Jewish and uh, they, yeah. which is like a weird kind of semantic thing, but that they, um, they, he basically said the same, well, a member of the ISUBK said word for word, the same as what the neo-Nazi said in the interview I did a couple oh, months Jesus. earlier about, about Jewish people controlling the, the media and, yeah. and Hollywood. Yeah. And, it plays into this idea of the fact that like in terms of kind of politics and, and the extremes of politics, as much as it's a spectrum, it's on almost like a horseshoe. And as, as although they're essentially opposing, I mean, there's no way that those two members of the groups, like a neo-Nazi and a, and a black separatist would go out and, and have coffee together. Maybe on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they are so almost intrinsically linked in like the kind of hate aspect, I guess. Yeah, it's like the, the it's it's so similar, yet at the same time completely opposing. It's bizarro world. Yeah, exactly. It's bizarro I, I, world. So let's go ahead and um, if you can explain to our listeners kind of what your objective was from this documentary, and then we'll we'll, we'll kind of break it down. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. So. I, I, in terms of documentary, so this is my debut documentary. I'm I'm 21 at the moment. It, it's always been my dream to to make a documentary. Uh, so that's kind of why I, I was I went out to study abroad for the year, but I I knew that my, my one goal whilst I was out there was to film a documentary, and it was filmed mm-hmm. on the budget was whatever money I had in my pocket. Really, my my amazing friend uh, Adam Dickinson, who had never picked up a camera before, this <laughs> filmed it all for me. Yeah. Uh, and I paid him in food, <laughs> um, and and I and I had some help. I had some great guidance from Mike Betcher, who is the lecturer at Oklahoma, and, and was CNN's first reporter. Like he's wow. got a storied history as a journal- legendary journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I, I learned from the best, really. <laughs> and uh, I, in terms of I, I, throughout making the documentary, especially whilst editing, I felt really uncomfortable. Because you've got to find a really mm-hmm. fine line between being ob- objective, which is what I aim to do, 
as much as this group I disagree with, and I make I was it trying quite clear. so hard to be objective as well and, and kind of be empathetic to kind of put myself in their shoes to see what, what they're kind of going through. And it was so difficult for me from well, some absolutely. of the things they were saying. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. So what they'll do, they will say... It, it, I wanted the documentary to have the same feel as what the group does when they're preaching. So what they'll do, they will they will say stuff like... So the group is the branch that I spoke to is based in Oklahoma. They'll mention a lot about Black Wall Street in Tulsa. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Black Wall Street, but there was a big. For anyone who isn't, there was a big race um, massacre mm-hmm. in Tulsa about a hundred years ago, yeah, uh, or a hundred or so years ago, but because the black people there were too successful, the African Americans were too successful, so white supremacists in Tulsa killed them all and Jeez. burnt down. Uh, and and then they would mention slavery and. Yeah. The the wrongs of the the police uh, and society against uh, black people, and it, it's all stuff that you can't disagree with, particularly when they, when they'll hit like slavery hard and and stuff like that. No yes. one is out there defending slavery, but then they will go, oh, but also if you're like if you're gay, then you go then you're going to hell and and transgender, you know, yeah. The, all, all that kind of stuff, which really is is rooted in the religion rather than the the race aspect, which is why it makes it so complex. Which is why they will try and get people to to kiss their boots, and they will do it. Yes. In a way that's like, do, do you agree that slavery is bad? And you go, yeah. And it goes, oh, if you agree with that, you have to kiss the boot. Then, if you think slavery is bad, to to show that you do, you've got to kiss my boot, and 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 to say sorry, almost like this weird kind of emotional reparation. Yeah. <laughs> feel a white shame exactly and it right. is yeah it is playing on kind of there's a, a some the one of the experts i interviewed in the documentary talks about how they play on white guilt they play on yeah. people who especially in the u.s which i found race is such a sensitive issue in the u.s much more sensitive than in the uk like it, it's much more stark as well i felt anyway but maybe that was because i was in oklahoma which has kind of some pretty yeah. dodgy history and that kind of stuff uh, regarding this. But that that kind of um it, it it's something that you don't want to get on the wrong side of as a as the acquiescent majority in the US, from my point of view anyway, or, or the the people walking around who are just trying to do their shopping and their approach saying, Oh, do you you know, do you hate slavery? You, you don't want to sit there and have a debate with them. So then people end up kissing their boots and, and nodding along, despite the fact that it, it's really quite manipulative. But also you don't want to call it manipulative because you don't want to disagree with slavery. It's this constant, yeah, like like Tetris. Of, so you of can, agree, to find you right can agree with it, what, what they're saying about <laughs> slavery. Like no one can deny that, but you don't have to fucking kiss boots. I, I, that was... I mean that that that's a contentious point in the documentary where where they try and get me to. I yeah, just, man. Yeah. There was a lot of emotion that was coming out of me when I saw that. I, I mean, I was like, clearly they're trying to use some kind of enforcement to try and come off real quick as dominant, mm-hmm. you know. And and they frisked you, which I had a problem with. First of all, <laughs> they frisked you at a park, a children's park. I mean. Let's tell it how it is. It was it was two rather big black gentlemen, mm-hmm. and then you were outnumbered. You and they wanted to frisk you, and then they were trying to to 
navigate the conversation, I suppose, in a way to where you were less superior and I, wanted I, you yeah. to kiss their boots. That that's the they want to try and show kind of, I guess, dominance. Their belief is that is that black men as well as as native americans and hispanics and then there's a there's a big list one of them's like uruguayans and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, are, are all the lost tribes of israel from the bible essentially yeah um but they will for, because i guess they're a, they're a minority who have been kind of tread on uh you know heavily throughout history and and, mm-hmm. and by kind of systemic reasons for sure they 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 dress themselves in like it's almost like Kevlar vests, like bulletproof vests. And, yeah, and so like you get this aggressive kind of, it's aggressive right away, right off the bat when you see someone dressed like that. Yeah, well, they, they call it war attire, I think. Like, from, <laughs> oh, from the reason, they, they really do, you know, that when I'm speaking to them at the start, the fellow goes, you know, this is for our safety and, and your safety. There's yes. always there's always a threat because they feel that they're the prophets of the most high, that's what they call them, that they're God, and the I could be lulling them into a documentary to then, you know, pop them. <laughs> Which yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if you know much about white British lads. Uh, I don't know how to use a gun. Oh, I certainly didn't at the right, time. Right. A year, a year in Oklahoma, I, I tried. <laughs> but like, yeah, though, even if I had a gun, like there was no damage I was going to do to yeah. them in this children's park. Whilst a girl, a little girl, was on the swings, like about That's fifty crazy. meters away from us. There's no having a, it seems like there's no having an open conversation because it's, they're so, I try to use my words carefully with, Mm. with these controversial topics, but they do seem warped. Like they seem so enriched by this and you can't have an open conversation with them because whatever you say, you're white. So you're wrong. There's no way that they're going to have an open discussion with you. It seems like. Did you get a different feeling? Were they actually kind of open to having a conversation with you? I think there was points on it. it depends on on the person. Now, so Captain Yagawop is is the the main, I guess, character I get in the yeah. documentary, um, and he was I, I. So I had to speak to him on the phone before the documentary. I had to do like a a, a recce with him to to mm-hmm. to make sure he was okay with me filming. So I didn't talk to him about anything, but it was more a case of like. For a couple of weeks, I'd caught he had COVID before we filmed, and a lot of the people had COVID, so it was it was a case of I was checking in on him to kind of show that like you he, he may you know I, I may be white and I may be I guess the enemy or or whatever. Although yeah, they, they'll sometimes flip flop I guess, and some people have stronger views than others in terms of like hating white people and but yeah, I tried. I think I got a lot more access than a lot of people would have done because I was British. I think that made me not. I think it helps. I think it helps. (laughs) Absolutely. Because like the fact I got that much access as a white person anyway is pretty. I I was told afterwards by, by like the expert that I spoke to, like that was surprising. (laughs) I got that. They were very, they they were so open because, and they were very curious about like talking off camera about uh i mean it was it was kind of picked up but it wasn't really used for the, the documentary about the race issues in in the uk and i th- it was almost the kind of thing of they've never especially in oklahoma as well they'd never seen a, a british person <laughs> <laughs> it, i was british rather than white 
if you're on the British Texas. people aren't white, but they, they saw the nationality and the accent, especially before Definitely. before me as, as a white man who was trying to because I, I I told them I wanted to go in as neutral as possible and, and it's the way they portray themselves that is how they get portrayed on the documentary. Like I'm not doing any dodgy editing to make them. You're right, bad. you're right. Yes, yes. Yeah, the documentary is really, really fucking good. I loved oh, it. Thank it was, you. There was a lot of emotion. So you you captured, I think, what you were what you were trying to do there. I think uh I think mission complete. Um and oh, like I said you. before, like there was there was a lot of emotion that that came from me like when i was watching this there was a emotion of anger confusion and like we said earlier i was trying to be empathetic and see it through their lens but was having such a hard time of what they were preaching and let's not get it twisted i totally agree that being black in america is completely different than being white i mean there's statistics that, that that back that up black people are mm. way more likely to get arrested they live in poverty uh, they don't have the opportunity to go to college as most white kids do. But this ISUPK group, they kind of generalize everything with such a broad brush and basically saying, if you're white, if you have any white in you, you're the problem. And you're basically in our debt. Like you owe us. You're not worthy. And, and then yeah. it gets confusing. It does get complex because then all of a sudden, if you have a good point, like you bring up a good argument, then they hit you with some Bible verses. And I'm not well versed with the Bible at all. So I, I can't, am I. <laughs> yeah, I can't see if this shit checks out or not, but it always seems like that's the retreat is going and just saying something about either slavery or the Bible. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost like a fail safe and there's not really wiggle room to like that. People love to, to i mean there was there was people I, I met in the kind of second half of the documentary at the preaching uh part in oklahoma city where where people were coming up and, and having discussions and having arguments and you can find so many videos online where people will argue with them but there will never be a middle ground they're never going to waver never. on those views. Right. and i think it's because there's a kind of divine um reasoning for it they they believe it's it's and and it's the same, I guess. If if you've got any, if you speak to any heavily religious people, you can't waver them from their belief based on just having a con, you know, or having an argument with them. Yes, I mean, I yeah. you know, I, I lived in the Bible Belt for a year, <laughs> like it was it was very, and I felt very out of place. I, I myself, like I was brought up Catholic, but loosely, like I was brought up Catholic yes. to go to a to a good school, really, and then because <laughs> that's how it works in the UK, it's kind of like religious schools get like better funding uh and then yeah but I, i've never really believed at all so then when I, I you're greeted with people who are so heavily religious there's no i don't know I, there's I, I didn't really see a point in in arguing any sort of religious beliefs because like you you won't you won't get them off that pedestal you become blasphemy yeah well, and, and they right. will get offended by that for sure for sure um what what did this group if they said anything about it like how do they feel about the native americans because when i watch this a lot of thoughts of mine rush or come back to the native americans like the europeans us we practically not practically we did we came here we raped stole their land slaughtered and you know they don't have a cult that i know of that are saying white people are bad i mean 
yeah, so so the so the ISUPK um incorporate like it's mainly made up of of black men, and there, yeah. I I think there are some women who are involved, but it's quite some of their views are quite misogynistic. So it, it's it's women who who really have to believe it, um, oh, yeah. and and they've been listed as a black supremacist group and then a black separatist group. Now they're just just listed as general hate it, it, because. Like by the Southern Poverty Law Center, who who classify hate groups, and they um they they count Native Americans as a part of the the twelve tribes of Israel. So ah. there were, despite being in Oklahoma, there were no natives who were a part of the group. But like they do, when they're preaching, they they're preaching, especially in Oklahoma, they were talking about you know the the uh, blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans gotcha. are the okay. are the ones who should be saved. And I think it's all. It's all to do with a, a struggle. It's it's like a metaphorical, biblical struggle. So, like as the Jews struggled to get out of Egypt um, when they were enslaved, they shared that with the fact that in society, as black men or as, as natives or uh, you know Hispanic people, sometimes will feel, I guess, pushed down upon and and that kind of stuff. And it's it's almost a. a I guess a biblical reasoning for the um, for for justice, I guess, or for the unjust uh, treatment. Like it, it's it's them trying to re- rationalize it or reason it in their head, and it's like, oh, it must be God's plan that in this life w- we've been treated so poorly because in the next life all white people are going to be our slaves, oh, and Jesus. we're going to live in a perpetual kingdom. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's a whole box of issues, huh? It, it's it's a heavy see and, it, and that's why it gets really tricky so when i spoke to the he the does. neo-nazi uh just for my my own uh podcast that i do uh mm. the uh the neo-nazi there was i set out to do that interview to to understand where it came from because there's more, there, there are hateful people in the uk but groups like that particularly like nazi groups yeah are aren't as official so in the in like we have freedom of speech in the uk but we don't have a written constitution we have an unwritten constitution which is the laws of the land and the laws of the land will change it's a lot more flexible whereas obviously in the us you have the constitution uh, like the the declaration of independence or whatever that's so, interesting i didn't know that about the uk that actually seems pretty reasonable since you know 1776 was so goddamn long ago and so many things have changed to the u.s and to the world in general oh absolutely so i mean in the uk we have stronger hate speech laws so i mean there was a there was a fella called abu hamza who i mean he was a very famous uh jihadist hate preacher Mm -hmm. and he had a a, like a a hook for a hand so he was quite recognized a hook for a hand yeah he was in a lot of the tablet i mean this is a while back this is me stretching like i was quite young when when he was relevant, oh, uh, but he he got done for for hate speech charges and and stuff like that. Uh, like like it it's arrestable here. You like if you have any sort of Nazi and really you will get arrested and you will be put in prison. Yeah. Like whereas in the US it's free speech, right? But it's it's free speech that is then making people less free. If you know what I mean, like it it's pushing hate and and onto oftentimes yes. downtrodden groups of people which yes. is why in the u.s these groups will flourish yeah um, you can't but you can't have 
you can't uh, put a cap on one person and say you can't speak, but this other group can. You can't censor one group of people because you in particular don't like it, but then allow another group to speak out. Like you see a lot of that shit on Twitter, like the shadow banning and, and yeah. Right. So how do you, how do you deal with that, man? That's just a mess in itself. And absolutely, it, it almost seems like there's no answer, but there would have to be a trade-off. Like there would be no solution. There would just be trade-offs that you're making. Yeah. I, I, I think, see, I, I honestly think that the, the fact that here and, and in, in most countries, I mean, like, I, I, the only countries I can name with a solid constitution, kind of the the big Western nations are France and the US. I, mm-hmm. I don't know of of any others really, and that's why it's a bit more flexible, and that's why, um, there's not like that. Like I've done my my podcast where I, I mainly interview kind of like cult members and and former hate group members and. I've done I've done other stuff, but that's kind of a niche that you that live life on the edge, don't you, Harry? Jesus, oh, I'd honestly, <laughs> I'd, it, I was boring before I before I did journalism. I had no stories to tell, and then <laughs> and then you then you speak to people who are a lot more interesting than me, and it makes yeah. I yeah. don't know you you're you're almost like vicariously interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I have this podcast. I, I love these stories and oh, talking to interesting people. I mean. Yeah, I can't imagine a lot of people would would envy you, you know, for like putting yourself in these situations. That that had to have been pretty nerve wracking when you first stepped foot and having those discussions with the people you did in the um, what's the group called? I the ISUPK. ISUPK. Yeah, what does it stand for? Uh, the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. Got it. Okay. Try say that. 10 times I fast. can't. <laughs> I, 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 okay, um, we'll, we'll keep it at that. Yeah. The, uh, so, see, uh, this is going to sound really pretentious, Jay. But I, so from the age of 15, when I decided I wanted to be a journalist, mm-hmm. so I, I, I grew up heavily on Louis Theroux, who's a, a documentarian from the UK, uh, uh, who's on the BBC and, and watched, you know, I've, I've seen every single work he's done. I've read his books and that's what I grew up on. And, and, what kind of give me the the curious bug i guess so then when i set out to do my own documentary it was almost like i was you know i'd, I'd been for, for six years i it's all i'd wanted to do so i wasn't nervous i was more relishing i felt i felt almost in my comfort zone which is a, again a really pretentious thing to say because i'd never done a documentary before True. True. having to stand there and speak to these people it was like a, an adrenaline rush wow. because i was so it, it was uh, in like stages my lifelong dream was was being put together of just doing a documentary and the aim is that i get to do more uh and you know i i i've i'm planning stuff and that kind of stuff but like just, just that first one to to get it down and, and actually get stuff recorded right yes with, yes with, I, I i realized afterwards i probably should have been a lot more nervous than i was <laughs> well, uh, and you can, yeah, you sorry. did really good, especially you said you didn't really have a budget. You were, you were paying people in food. I mean, shit, you shot that. It was shot really good. Really oh, good. I'm really impressed. Oh, thank you. Honestly, I, Adam Adam Dickinson, who, again, had never picked up a camera before. Like The cameras wow. were borrowed from from the University of Oklahoma. And yeah. uh, 
some of the some of the shots he pulled off were there's the, the, my favorite shot in the whole documentary there's just one where where captain Yugawa is speaking and i used it for all the posters and the promotional stuff and yeah and uh it, it's it's a shot of me listening to him in the reflection of his glasses oh yes 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 oh, like yes. brilliant when he got that i was so i honestly because we because we were living together like he he's from the he's british as well he's from the university of sheffield and we both went out together mm-hmm. so then um we were i was looking through the things i, I was just like I, yeah the fact it came out exactly how i'd imagined it which probably yeah. stems from the fact that we'd been living together for so long right sure when we were joined at the hip it was like we had esp at that point <laughs> brilliant yeah yeah um i want to get back into it's it's so complicated man i live in the chicago land mm-hmm. so daily we get we get counts of like counts and counts of black on black murders. Right. And it's every weekend you see this count go up higher and higher than the previous one before. And I just want to know if, if this part, this group in particular, if they ever bring up the black on black crime and there's a whole slew of things, like it's so complex, like the poverty situation, like no one has done anything about the South side of Chicago in fucking years. So of course it's going to be like this. Of course, course and it you, you can't blame it on them for living that way they were put in that situation they were born into that shit it was made that mm-hmm. way for a reason but i want to know if this group if they if they ever discuss the black on black crime because it is a real problem it is oh absolutely that's a fantastic question i mean the the, the they, they touched on it briefly and it, it's almost what you were saying before about the fact that they have a kind of fail safe where they'll resort to kind of the bible in that sense because mm-hmm. i asked them about it they they talked a lot about how like there's black on black crime but it's it stems from like like how you mentioned that people are born in in those shitty situations yes the that it's the system that's that's done that to them for sure it's, it's you know essentially the blame of white people that there is black on black crime because white yeah. people and they'll say jewish people which is the kind of anti-Semitic thing, run the system. Yeah. So that's why this happens because they're put into these areas. I mean, as a group, as the ISUPK as a group are, despite they, they dress in, in war attire, are non-violent. I, I, I've, I, I couldn't find, with the people I, I was researching, like they hadn't, they, they don't believe in, in going out and committing crimes or anything, I guess. Like, so... Yeah, they, they they wouldn't or not crime, sorry, like like a, maybe attacks on white people or anything like that. There was nothing like that. Whereas the the neo Nazi I interviewed two weeks afterwards threatened to kill four black lads with a gun. Oh Jesus! Yeah, so there's there's stark differences. Like they have hate, and I and I do believe it. it it's it's deep rooted hate, but it's it's hate that has stemmed from something, and then they believe that the their most high will sort it all out in the afterlife. They don't need to harm anyone okay. because, uh, because the, the God will make all white people their slaves or make that, anyone who's fine. not a part of the ISUBK. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like hell, I guess. And it's what, I guess it's why, you know, people like the heavily religious people don't feel the need to act because they feel that some higher being will sort it out for them when it almost seems like they're at peace that they know that something is going to come after so it's like yeah absolutely yeah i mean that's fine everyone's entitled i mean fuck 
they can speak all they want and have those rallies. It's not going to make a difference to me. I know, I know who I am deep down. Like I'm not racist, whatever. Like, yeah, of course. So it's not going to bother me per se, as, as long as they're not going and just like hitting random white people or like enforcing some shit like that being abusive. I, like, I really don't, they well, can do whatever they would like. Right. It's not well, bothering see, that, me. That's why it, it, it gets into almost gray areas because there's a there's a point in the documentary where where raven who uh they're the um one of the uh experts from the southern poverty law center uh they said that that there was there was an instance of uh it was like in a mass in an isubk mass and a member was speaking to the leader talking about how there was a sister a, a, a black woman uh, yeah. They kept on calling her a sister who wanted to bring a, uh, wanted to join the ISUPK, but she had a mixed race son with a white father because they believe it, it goes off your paternal lineage. So the, mm-hmm. this this mixed race boy had a white father, so he couldn't come in. So he suggested to this woman that she gave uh, her son up for adoption and quote unquote give him back to them, to his people. Yeah, you know, back to white people, which is then why it becomes so harmful. It's batshit crazy. It's, it's mental, <laughs> but it's it's like the the you know you can't, can't just give up a fucking child, man. It's, it's exactly. the mom. The mom just can't leave your your child. Like, what are you thinking? Then you don't join the group. Well, exactly. But then it's then it's worth mentioning that because they all laughed and they all agreed in in this video, um, and then I put it to to um captain you go up at the end of the documentary mm-hmm. and he's so against the idea it's like it's it, he's like the child can't come into the temple he he doesn't fit with the racial ideals which is fucked up but he was like there's no there's no way we'd ever say uh, take give that child up for adoption uh so then it it shows that there's so many branches and it's like again this level of extremity across the board so you you might get people that are so supremacist and separatist about it who run certain branches around the US I guess or who are telling you know women to give up their their children yeah so you have these two polar opposite groups you have the the white supremacists and then you have the ISUPK mm-hmm. so how can both sides be so sure that they are correct obviously one is wrong or both are wrong. Like, like I just don't understand how you can be so polar opposite in your beliefs and, and stay with that belief. Like something logic tells you that something is off. Something doesn't make sense here, but I think they just get so wrapped up in having a community, such Absolutely. a tight tribe that mm. this is your brotherhood. This like, it's a, it's very sticky because I guarantee with both of these groups, if you see one of your brothers going in and doing some some rat like shit, just like hitting someone or stealing, like you you'll be right behind them defending them. Whatever it is, you will be so indoctrinated. In yeah, what, I mean that's the word. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, and shit can get out of control there, right? Real fast, real well, I fast. Mean, I mean, it, it's a case of. The, the indoctrination and, and whether that's from 
growing up in 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 a certain environment or in a sense i mean a lot of these people have been indoctrinated by society in a way like like society has has kind of compartmentalized and, and pushed back against these black men so they believe that the joining the icubk is the answer in the same way that, like that though sorry their parents weren't like that though like uh, I remember you had yeah. a you you brought that up in your documentary asking if your parents would be in this and he's like I honestly don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, cuz his his father was a was a Baptist pastor. Yes. Uh which I mean they the ICBK cast really hate Christians despite using the Bible. Like it it's a it's a weird <laughs> kind of crossover. But yeah, his father was a Baptist pastor. And it, it, but his father was it, his, both his parents were dead before he joined the ISUPK. I, 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 I think you're right in the in the sense that it's a kind of, you know, joining this community and, and finding, especially answers to why things are going against them. Like well, it's like when people join gangs. Yeah. Right. It, it it it's all it's all a form of indoctrination in the same way that like mm-hmm. I've spoken to people who've been a part of of genuine cults you know the first the first ever non-sports interview i did when i was 16 i interviewed yeah. a survivor of uh jonestown oh jesus um and i've got i mean she was she was a lovely lovely woman yeah but she uh her name was laura johnston cole and i mean the interview itself i'm very proud of it looking back but like as an interviewing technique i was 16 speaking to someone who used to be in a cult I was very out my depth, but she, um, yeah, she she taught basically. I mean, she'd been in two different cults, That's... and she was a she was a white member of the Black Panthers, and whoa, like uh, lo- lo- lots of different stuff. Yeah, I, some people just like to find these kind of communities. This lady just needs to lock herself in the house and just watch TV or something. She's in all sorts <laughs> exactly. of trouble. Jeez. I mean, I mean, Jonestown especially was these people. Yes. So, so Jonestown uh, as a as a kind of concept, the People's Temple, uh, which I'm, I've, you know, for for reference for anyone who doesn't know about Jonestown, Jonestown yeah. was a, a socialist commune in Guyana. I mean, they made of Americans mainly, uh, who all committed or or nine hundred and nineteen of them committed yeah. mass suicide uh, in the seventy, and this was the biggest. The biggest loss of American life until nine eleven, uh, and it's where kind of like drink the Kool Aid comes from because they all yeah so yeah she she kind of bailed on that right she no so so she was so high up in the in the people's temple oh, that they sent God. her to do PR in Georgetown which is the capital of Guyana yeah and she, and she wasn't there when it happened because oh Jim Jones God. was like going mental basically who who, who ran the cult and uh, they killed. The uh, the governor of of California, um, at an airstrip near Jonestown, and that he was convinced that oh the Jonestown was going to get bombed or they were going to crash a plane into them or because the, again it's this constant idea of the of the system being against them because of the different views. So like how the ISUPK believe that that black people are, are superior or or that. I mean, it's, on on the surface of it, it's really that they deserve better, but it goes that extra step further, and it's like, and, and you know, they're the chosen race, um, because yeah. society has has said that 
for their point of view that that's not true because of how awful they've been treated. In the same way, in Jonestown, they were all socialists in a time of Red Scare in the US where you couldn't be socialist, you know, if you were a part of a union that was, uh, you know, almost blasphemy in itself, uh, you know, during the latter stages of the Cold War. So then that's why Jim Jones kind of got all very skittish. Jim Jones didn't drink the Kool-Aid, right? Oh, no, he did. He, He made everyone drink it first, though. He was the last. Oh, I thought one he play. didn't. He did. No, yeah, he was, and and I think he was sat on like a big chair or near a big throne or something. I remember, place. I remember seeing the image of everyone just laid out. Oh, it's awful. There, there was a couple. Yeah. There was a couple known. See, there's a couple survivors. So, like Jim Jones's son survived. Okay. Because he was captain of the jo- uh, the Jonestown basketball team. Because yeah. they wanted to make great. So Guyana was a socialist country, so they wanted to make great links with Guyana. And properly integrate themselves in the country so there were certain people that were just like not there no one was able to run away i mean like as much as it's called a mass suicide on the most part it's loads of murders but one of them was actually called a murder because one woman said no and she was held down and injected oh jesus man Whoa. And, and you can i mean i'm not sure if this is a bit dark for the curiosity chamber no but keep the, going that i mean that there, there is a I had to listen to it at the age of 16 and it was quite harrowing but the mm-hmm. like you know for this interview but there is a hour long 40 minute long audio recording of the deaths of Jonestown no like, and it's on Wikipedia if you're on the Jonestown Wikipedia it's on there yeah and, I'm gonna have to and you know, you know it was oh it was genuine you know like, what types of things were you hearing there's lots of screaming they they did they all the kids had to go first. Oh Jesus Christ, man! So, so the kids were were administered oh. with it again. This is what I mean. Like it's not it's called a mass suicide, but it yeah it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was what one man chose to commit suicide that day, really, and yeah. and had and had brainwashed all these other people to it's do not it. mass suicide it, when you have fucking little kids doing it. Like absolutely. of course they're gonna listen to their parents. I think they killed the dogs as well. Like like just like yeah, there like was. What? Just how they kill the dogs they shot I think, them they inje- I think they injected the dogs as well or something like it was just in entire decimate which is why there's those photos online of like which i mean if you're screaming so i wouldn't recommend looking at them <laughs> i've just like it's only like a carpet of bodies but i mean really? I, i've i in the past i've spoken to the um other survivors and, and and people who are associated with jonestown now and who run the kind of um memorial I like it. It's still there is still a, a kind of community of people who are Jonestown survivors or whose family members were lost. And yeah, no, it 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 just really is because I think I, the the vibe I get is that they see it as, as murders rather than a mass suicide of nine hundred people. It's it's ironic because it was supposed to be this this utopia, right? Like everyone yeah. lived in this. Uh, commune i suppose or this this land and they can share it and they can just live off of it mm-hmm. and then you know fast forward to however long it was a couple weeks maybe a couple months turned into dystopia right? i think i think i think they were there for a few years but yeah oh, it, it was, was it was, it was, it was years i, I think that so. yes wow. I, I i think so or at least so because yeah. it was an agricultural commune i think originally right. they were based in california and then got out to guyana quite quickly uh because kind of like socialists were 
in a sense like persecuted maybe not maybe that's not that's just strong of a word but I, again i wasn't around at the time they wouldn't like, kick them out though would they just would they kill them there or would or would they actually kick them out well in, no in the u.s oh no in the u.s it was just like kind of if you were a socialist oh gotcha, you would okay. get you you would get a lot of stick basically <laughs> like uh you know like the whole kind of commie thing yeah 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 so yeah so that's why it was a kind of this this agricultural commune and they they it was all self-sufficient everyone shared everything and it worked but it was run by a, a man who was not mentally well usually you, when you have something like that the person that's running it is not going to be well mentally I, I think he was he was abusing a lot of drugs i think he he had a lot of kind of um manipulation tactics they used to do a thing called white knights like knights did like n i g h t s, which is um, they he would he would sound the sirens in the middle of the night, oh sometimes make people wait there for hours and and say we're all going to kill ourselves now. What are we doing, Jim Jones? And he'd go, we're all going to kill ourselves now, and they everyone had to basically say that they would, and then and then he'd go, oh, it was a joke, or they'd have like or the. He'd have like people come up, and then there'd be people firing guns in in the jungle in the distance. What is this like uh, predictive programming or something? Yeah, like, yeah, like conditioning almost. Because then when the time yeah. comes, yeah, oh, we do actually have to kill ourselves. Everyone's game, uh, right? That's uh, pretty. Which is what? Which is brainwashing. Yeah, yeah, and then these, yeah, it's it's so dangerous. These people of power. Um, like the people just look up to them and, and wait on their every moment and word. And usually the people that join these types of group have such a fucked up background, you know, like the, like daddy issues or didn't have a family or yada, yada, yada. They're looking for that, that higher power to tell them what to do. Like in most cases, those are a lot of the time. That's the people you're going to find looking yeah, for a exactly. community, right? I mean, I, I, like I've spoken to, um, I, I, I've spoken to other kind of cult. I, I spoke to a girl who was in the Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and uh, and like again, it's this kind of. Th- so Fred Phelps was the head of the Westboro Baptist Church, and it was all this kind of. Which again, for people who are listening who maybe don't know what the Westboro Baptist Church is, it's a church in in Topeka, Kansas. That is, they're famous for like picketing, like they're very homophobic, insanely homophobic, and they picket the deaths of soldiers because they kind of believe that that if you've died if you've not been saved by god like during the rapture because the rapture is going to come then you go into hell so then they pick at the deaths of soldiers because oh the soldier must have it must have been god's will for him to die because he must be going to hell kind of thing okay um and then they all again it, it, it's this kind of indo- you know a lot of the people have grown up in it and then they all look up to this leader that it's depressing, man. <laughs> you know, a, a common theme to all these cults is, is that the the leader always has a bunch of sex with everybody. Yeah, I, I, I Jim Jones did that, I think. It's a common theme, man. I'm telling you, whichever cult you look at, there's always a common theme. Well, I mean, the, so there's one. It was it was called the Lambeth Slavery Case. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is a this is a podcast I did uh, with a with an unbelievable woman called Katie. So she was. Uh, basically, there was a, there was a fella, and his name was um, uh, Aravindan 
Balakrishnan. They called him Bala or AB. And he, he was a he was an Indian man in uh in uh London, in Brixton, which is part of London. And he kept again it was a, like a socialist thing or like a communist thing, but he basically encouraged all these women to like live with him. Of course. And and then told them that they had to obey all of his command because there was a, a satellite called Jackie that would kill that would kill them or would make bad things happen if they decide if they tried to leave or or disobey him. Is it this easy to create a cult? See that you've got to find I feel people. Like who... I could just do this like the like tomorrow. Well, I'm, I, me personally, I fucking couldn't. But it makes it, it makes <laughs> it sound so outrageous and so crazy. The things you can say to lure these people in. Right? Well, on on I mean, so I guess it starts originally with with finding vulnerable people or finding outcasts or finding people that aren't in. So like mm-hmm. now, I'm the slavery case. I think these women were again had kind of communist beliefs and and saw this man as this kind of powerful figure. Uh, I interviewed people. The, there's two survivors of the Heaven's Gate mass suicide, uh, which was a, a cult that believed that they were going to kill themselves as a comet went past because they thought it was Jesus on a UFO that would take them to heaven. Uh, cool. And they all wore like Nike tracksuits and trainers. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, this was back. At, this was back in the 90s, and it, again, it's like their their cult website is still running, and you can see all this like old videos and stuff. It's really creepy. Uh, but these they were all predominantly on, on the most part kind of outcasts and people who didn't fit in and then found these two people that said that they were aliens that nice. that said that they loved them so then they've found this community and then once you get past that I get this is from, again this is all I'm no expert this is the ramblings of me like after I've interviewed a lot of cult members or former cult members or members of mm. these groups right but with the Lambeth slavery case I mean and it comes into indoctrination because A B the leader had sex with a one of the men one of the women and gave birth to a child in the cult. Uh and then never let her leave the house. Oh Jesus. Man. And that was that was Kate. She, she absolutely phenomenal woman. Um and, and she never left the she and was told, you know, that she was made in a test tube and that she had no real parents and and and, so, and this is the way to believe because AB, who is the leader, says so. And um, and luckily he's he's dead. He died. For, he went to prison eventually and, and died. But I mean, Katie, who who was born into this this cult, um, she was she never left. She didn't go outside for thirty years. That was the first time she left. Was thirty years after being yeah thirty years in this in this house in Brixton. Yeah, I'm just was, shaking my head. It, uh... It, it it's <clears throat> harrowing. There are loads of groups like this out here, out there. That yes, will... yes, that's a worry that I have big time. Is like we only know the stories that we know of. What the fuck is going on that we don't know of? How often is this happening? Like people locked up in a basement, a room, a house under a cult leader, and they haven't seen the day light for, like you said, thirty years. We only know what we know, and that pisses me off. Absolutely, I mean that's an that's an extreme kind of case of mistreatment. But with the with these kind of, even the kind of emotional thing of, of almost brainwashing someone who's clearly vulnerable to then turn their back on their family and and believe. Yeah, it it, it 
it can get very depressing. <laughs> and it's you know, you know it, Scientology. Yes, yes. So, so I, 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 I went to see again because I'm a bit morbid or a bit kind of cute. I went to the yeah. I, I took lots of photos of when I, I went to LA whilst I was in the US, and I went do to a the, documentary on it, man. Oh, I see. Please one, God, do a doc. You talk to Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I mentioned Louis Theroux earlier about kind of like my influence in documentary. He did a film called My Scientology Movie. Yeah, where basically he set up, he went, spoke to a a defector, um, and mm. basically got him to because they couldn't get access to Scientology. Right, they were in LA, getting him to cast people in LA to play the members like David Miscavige and Tom Cruise yeah, and then yeah, reenact yeah. the mistreatment that happened in the cult. Yeah. At the same time, they were going to like the the centers in the desert that they had and stuff like that. Yes. But for the whole time, they're being followed by members of Scientology who are on to what's going on. Yeah. So they're then, because they put an advert in the paper, so Scientology were going to know. <laughs> and then there's like, they're driving down the road and there's like black SUVs kind of following them. Yeah, real stuff. It, it makes you think though, because Tom Cruise looks so goddamn young and he's so good in his movies. Like, what the what is going on? Baby's blood. <laughs> the baby's blood. <laughs> There's so much weird stuff. Like they're kind of decorated like the military, right? Like they do yes. things in such a military form, but well, because <sighs> L. Ron Hubbard, who founded it, was, I think. Because he, he was he he wanted to be in the navy and I think he yeah get in or he got kicked out of the navy or something so then it all the kind of naval uniforms and medals and stuff like that carried over because it was almost his ideal of <laughs> of what he wanted and he I think he's written the most fiction books ever something it's, like that it's something like that although to be, be fair I mean Stephen King did a lot of coke. So I, 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 wrote a lot of, I wrote a lot of books, so maybe he might have rivaled it. <laughs> I like Stephen King. <laughs> it's made for good books. It's, for it's, sure, yeah. Like, it is like 70 million pages long. And now, <laughs> for real. And now he's sober and now his books suck. I'm <laughs> but he is sober now, so good for him. But when he was on on the, the white shit his books were fucking fantastic <laughs> what a well, I mean, have you have you ever heard the kind of main thing like the real stuff the real story of it's like in literature where there's like kind <laughs> no of st- no oh, do you have but, it no i see I've, I've not read it ah. but like there's the there's like a bit where there's like a big orgy with the kids in the Get sewer the fuck out of here and yeah you could tell that he was not he was not sober. That's <laughs> right. In these, of course books. not. It gets like a bit <laughs> mental. Oh my they, they, luckily, they kept it out of the the films. So. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't <laughs> want to bring that into the film. Well, I mean, and and like the, I think there's there's a thing in in the book that's like the world is actually just on a big, um, turtle in space, and like the world oh, is yeah. a shell. Oh and yeah, then, he's more on than just coke when he's writing. That. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. Um, yeah. I wanted to to circle back with this ISUPK. Do yep. you think that they look for weak links? I'm trying to tie it back into the... Yeah, uh, we went off on a bit of a tangent there. Sorry. Yeah, the cult, I love the cults, man. I love cults. Like, I'll watch documentaries all day on that. Um, but I'm wondering if the ISUPK, 
if they kind of search out weak links to to have them join as opposed i, I get i guess essentially that it's, it's a broad net for for weekly you know like for people who've been downtrodden or who feel outcasted because of their exactly. race because they are are minority yeah. ethnic groups it's it, yeah. it, it's exactly what it is uh it which is why what makes white supremacy so dangerous because that's purely yeah. based on people's hate like there's no kind of from it's all prejudice and there's no kind of on the most part finding like you know the, these are the people that understand me kind of or these are the people that i can be in a safe space with because the rest of society rejects me unless hate they think is such a, an easy emotion to to let take over too. Like anyone can hate. It's much, much harder to love and, and accept people's differences. So that's what's kind of worrisome. Absolutely. Like, hate is so simple. And if you have a group based on hate, you can manipulate people pretty goddamn easily. Or especially if you just outline like public enemy number one. Yes. And it's like it's a, it's a very easy way of so it's a, it's a I bet it's a very taxing way of living to hate so often and it's horrible. But at the same time it's like mm. You you don't have to think about your beliefs. It's like here is the the doctrine, and here is anything that that group does, whether it's you know for a white supremacist, anything that black people do. Or yes, th- yes. Th- th- you you just hate that. You just disagree with what they do. Yeah, it's, it's an easy way just to dismiss people. Just yeah, absolutely right. Which I, I, and see, and I, I, I really do think like with the ISUPK because it, it's all linked to how kind of downtrodden especially black men are in the US and have been in the US in, in history. The um, it, It's like when, when there was the, the Black Lives Matter protests a couple of years ago, that was a yeah. lot of, of anger because of the injustice, injustices of, of uh, you know, towards black people um, by the mm-hmm. police, especially and that kind of stuff. And that was all channeled into protest, whereas these people have channeled it into religion. And tied right. it in with with a, a kind of warped version of of the Bible that uh, helps affirm all of their views, or they all take kind of the very metaphorical stuff in the Bible and affirm their views that way by going. That means that you know black people are, are, are the superior race. Yeah, when when we talk about the uh, the BLM, you kind of got to get a little pissed off when you see the the. I don't know even what to call it. The owner, the person that runs the show is is buying million dollar homes, like multiple million dollar homes. It's gotta it's gotta say something. Where's that money going, man? It seems like it's going right into her pocket. Did you ever see that? I I've not seen that. And to be you honest, I'm probably okay. gonna not say anything because yeah. that sounds very contentious. <laughs> so something came out on the news and it was like the uh, the leader of BLM was purchasing these multi-million dollar houses and multiple of them. So everyone, there was this huge stir up about like, where the fuck is the money going that's supposed to be going to like the South side of Chicago, like to these areas of poverty to like, you know, keep it back on track, like get get black people back on track and have a good life. But then you see this, this woman purchasing these outrageous houses. I, I don't know if that was just to be clear. I don't know if that was like the far right pushing out media, if it, if it actually holds water or whatnot, but that's what came to my view. 
And I saw that and uh, immediately I was like, holy shit, what do we got here? This is crazy. Well, I mean, I mean, if, again, I don't know if it's true. I'm going to speak very kind of legally, <laughs> um, like right. tiptoeing. It, if it is true, it's obviously very wrong because because the Welsh should be. I, I mean, it, it, it's it's baffling in its sense that that money has to be donated just to mean that a ethnic group of people in a country should be treated right. Yes. Um, yeah. But like, if if someone is is hoarding that money that's meant to be helped and it's out of order, like I mean, there was a big thing in the UK. We had something. We had a fella called uh, Captain Tom Moore, and he was a mm-hmm. hundred years old, and he, well, he was ninety nine, I think, and then he turned a hundred. But he, he was doing laps of his garden during COVID to raise money, um, and, uh, and and he raised a hundred million for the NHS. A hundred million? Uh, it, it, it was it was it was insane. Everyone gave money to to Captain Tom, and he was doing laps of his garden. And then it, it it transpired, and again, I don't know the full legal. So allegedly, I guess the yeah, my everything's alleged. Yeah, yeah. The um, his his daughter he died after like afterwards because obviously he was very very old, and his daughters or, or his, didn't donate the money properly. Like none of the money really saw it. They just like pocketed a hundred million. Oh Jesus! Or, or or pocketed some of it, or there was some discrepancy with like the money that was raised. Of course, it was kind of fraudulent and when it comes to stuff like that it's like again in the uk it's awful that an owl man has to go do laps around his garden for the health service to be properly funded uh because you know we've, we have a government in the uk at the moment that has stripped a lot of the funding and and i personally believe that's horrendous and I, most people do um money makes things weird exactly and it makes people like, you know, money corrupts absolutely. For sure. Yeah. There's these underlying incentives that that make people dishonest for personal yeah. growth, personal gain. Well, again, and then it links back to, link it in a beautiful circle back to, to cults. Like the, <laughs> the, 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 pa- yeah, the, the, pa- the power, you know, people might like say, if, like Jim Jones, say if he sets up a, a, a socialist commune, and that's what his beliefs, right? I, again, I, I I don't know much about Jim Jones before he, he started Jonestown. He obviously had this like power rush. Say if he start, say as as a person starting a, a socialist commune, they, they are views that he believes, and he has got found people that believe those views, and he's then gone to a place that that also backs those views. That you know, him, uh, you know, wanting people to commit mass suicide, like that's not. A socialist view that's him going mad with power and then yeah or, or those you know making people get up and, and pledging allegiance to then commit suicide what do is, you think the point is of um like a in air quotes a mass suicide like his overall objective why why would he want everyone to kill themselves is it, it completely it's a power thing i understand that like i have these people at my fingertips i can tell them what to do but did he? Do you think he actually believed in what he was preaching? I I think it was drug fueled paranoia, and I think he's probably gone a bit mental. I mean, it, so he he believed that, um, he believed that they were that because of the 
they they'd killed the the governor of California and some other people the, for trying to take they they'd come to collect essentially members that yeah. wanted to leave mm-hmm. uh, and some people did but very few did like people were very happy living there what you know on the surface anyway and he believed that oh we've we're fucked it now they're gonna crash a plane into Jonestown they're gonna right, kill right. us all that, yeah. uh, crashing a plane was something that kept on coming up like like that I uh, you know Russia can't help us. Like it's it's you know they're gonna they're gonna kill us all so we all have to kill ourselves and, he, and I think it was a kind of case of he believed that so everyone else had to do it which is why he had you know kind of mercenaries hold a woman down and and oh, inject her. It's How the many people was that? Nine hundred and eighteen, I think. That is, that uh, is absurd. Certainly in the teens of the nine hundred, um, and then there was another. I mean, there was the Heaven's Gate, the Heaven's Gate cult that I mentioned, Marshall Applewhite that ran that, who, who claimed he was an alien. They, I mean, he killed himself as a part of the the group, but he was the second to last person to die. So basically, so what he waited for everyone else to kill themselves, because you know to make sure things were going right or whatever, to force them to kill themselves, essentially, and then died second to last so that the person who died last could prepare his body in the correct way so he wasn't missing out. Like, it, 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 again, it's a power thing. So he, he, was, he believed wholeheartedly that he was an alien and that, that this was going to take him to heaven, to a higher plane. Like he'll and, transcend into something else. Absolutely, into a higher being. This is the um, only only way to do it was through this uh, this suicide, I suppose, or this ritual, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they had they had full Nike, they had, they had Nike tracksuit on and a Nike uh, like like these black Nike Nike trainers that became quite iconic afterwards, uh, and then had a purple sheet on on them, uh, like covering their faces, and that was, I guess, the way to to do it, and. Yeah, it, I mean, he, he, again, that that's a whole thing of, of the fact of like, oh, I'm going to kill myself to go onto this UFO. But in case it's wrong, I guess, everyone else has to do it with me. Or, yeah, I think, think he's going to be pretty pissed off. I mean, again, again, I, I think that's a sense that he, he preyed on people who were, on the most part, kind of trodden down or outcasts in society or, yeah. or, or, or have found solace in his teachings. And then essentially brainwashed them, and then they all killed themselves. Essentially, Again, they, beca- like, they became dependent on him for sh- for sure, right? They became they, dependent on him. They were living on uh, quotes again on his land, right? Like his creation. So they depended on him for food, for a living, for anything. Absolutely. Guidance. I mean, they had a big um, a big mansion in San Francisco. I think it was San Francisco. Big 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 mansion. Um. Where where they killed themselves, like it, it again. It's the it it's this power thing, of yeah, I'm making people follow your will, and then it's like, oh, if I'm gonna kill myself, everyone's coming down with me, I guess. Or I, you, you can never really see into a person's brain, but people say that that like Jonestown was, I, I think twenty odd people died in that. Like people will say that it was twenty murders and one suicide because he's we the only one that really decided to. We don't see many cults 
like that nowadays, right? Has that completely been eliminated, you think, uh, on that type of scale because I, I, of the internet or what? Like there's too much knowledge? Well, it, it depends what you do, your definition of a cult is. I, I think there are cult-like behaviors all over the internet and they might I guess extremists. Ways. Extreme. It, it's it's a weird one. So you could even it say like one. like because like there, there are for sure. I, yeah. No, I I absolutely. So like back then it was the kind of like hippie culture and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, culture. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, so it was almost more purist. Whereas whereas now like you'll have you. I mean, you could argue that you you have a load of you know it's a controversial topic at the moment, but you'll have a load of incel males kind of rallying behind like andrew. militant right yeah I, and you know a lot of them are rallying behind people like andrew tate at the moment or people like you know other yeah. other kind of main um i guess incel speakers and it, it, it that you could class that as cult like and i mean like in the in the uk there was a we had our first mass shooting in since since if uh I guess twenty five years. How just, does that before happen? Went, just before I went to Oklahoma, so it was like a year ago, a, a a fella killed in Plymouth had like a farmer's rifle or something, I think, or, or some rifle and killed three people. Which I mean again, like compared to American standards, like I know there's been a lot of kind of mass shootings and but for that to happen in the UK was Mental. right yeah I well, let's that, not right? let's not brag about what a what a mass shooting is right like how many people you, you yeah count, well, exactly. right? it, it's like <laughs> and he killed three and he was a he was a mad incel and he he preached about on online about how how women were were awful and never wants to be with him and stuff like that and you could you could argue that that's almost like it, it's not rooted in religion but it's almost like cult like behavior especially if you're rallying behind a, a, a figurehead like an andrew i mean i'm not i and i'm you know i'm absolutely not saying that andrew tate is is telling people to go out and shoot people yeah. but the, the the kind of behaviors behind it or like on a on a lighter note on a much lighter note you could argue that you know fandom is a form of cult it, it, it's like a uh or it's almost like religious like if you uh i don't know you know you'll have people who who back k-pop religiously uh and it's yeah. almost like cult like in the way they love their you know k-pop bands i want to ask you this question since um you live in the uk and guns are prohibited mm -hmm. do you think it's a gun thing or a mental thing when it comes to to these mass killings i suppose I think I think the people committing them are, are it's, it's it's a it's a mental thing, but it's absolutely a gun thing in terms. Of, the whole world looks at America. I mean, you know, in the nicest possible way. And I mean, I did live in in a in a state for a year, mm -hmm. and I and I loved everyone there. And, and Oklahoma is a fantastic state, and they all love their guns. And I went to a shooting range and shot a gun. Yeah, for the, for the fact of like I'm in the U.S. You know, I, I came back at Christmas and people were. Surprised was baffled that i hadn't yet so i went and did that and uh it was so easy so, so easy. easy ridiculously yeah. easy and i'm like yes this is this should not be allowed widespread at all 
Because I, I, and I, I was in a shooting range. I mean, I was given no guidance by the fella. The fella who was running the shooting range was was a caricature of of kind of what I would have expected. He was like, I used to live in Washington, but they tried to take <laughs> away my right of using a gun. So, and yeah. then they gave me like a, a Call of Duty assault rifle, and I mean, it was like what or, or you know, it was all single fire or whatever, but like with a red dot sight and everything, yeah. and you can just buy that. And you can just have it in your house. That that blew me away. Kind the, of fucking crazy, right? The you know because uh, there's a, there's a rhetoric in the U.S. where people say you know guns don't kill people, people kill people, but people kill people with guns, yeah. and people kill a lot more people with guns. It's like there's murders in every single country in the world. There's no country in the world that doesn't have murder, but. The level of murder is different. I, I had an American say, yeah, but don't you have mass stabbings like to me in Oklahoma when I was talking about guns with him? Right. I was like, what's a, what's a mass stabbing? Like you can't, you can't go into a school and stab everyone in the school. Right. You can't be located on top of a roof and, and hide out and stab people and then go yeah, back exactly. to hiding. You, right. If, if you stab one person, everyone runs away. Like, and it's right. right. You, it, it, the, and again, like I went when I went to Oklahoma, I made a, a very big point of that. I it's not my country and it's not my state, and I'm not going to go, you know, because I I enjoy politics. I'm quite a political person, I guess. Or I, I have my own views. And I'm I don't, I'm not going to go to someone else's place and tell them I think what they do is wrong. But coming back, oh, the the gun thing blew me away. <laughs> and I understand the kind of here. of it in ranges, but. No. People are afraid out here that we'll be invaded by another country. So if you got rid of uh, gun ownership, that makes us susceptible to being overthrown, I suppose. Who's going to invade the U.S., though? You've got like. It's a level of paranoia by mostly, mostly far right people. Well, honestly, I'll I'll, I'll tell you you this. So I, I, I went into my first lesson in. Uh, in Oklahoma, in, in the University of Oklahoma, I sat my first lesson back in August, and so like a year, it was a, probably a year ago today or something. Like it was, it, and a car backfired outside. There's, I swear to God, this is full truth. A car backfired outside, and everyone, like the teacher, let out a little scream. Everyone jumped there, and and people rushed to their phones to check if it was like an active shooter or something. And I sat there and didn't flinch because cars backfire all the time. And I never once crosses my mind that it's a gun. Conditioned. Wow. Yeah, exactly. But then fast forward seven months, I guess. uh, And there's a shooting on on the Oklahoma campus. Wow. Not like like a school shooting. It was like a... Yeah, yeah. I think allegedly or it was was something to do with, with kind of like traffic, I guess. Like someone cut someone up or something. And someone shot someone in the head. They would probably argue in self-defense or whatever because the other fellow mm. got out of the car. But I think that's what happened. And then shot him in the head, literally 50 meters from where I just had that that first lesson seven months earlier, like from the journalism building. Uh, and then and then after then, I was interviewing people for, for journalism for the... I was helping run the, the uni news. And, uh, and the, a car backfired and I jumped. I shit myself. I jumped up. I was I put like hand on my heart and I, I bricked one. And like, that's not, 
the fact that I've been able to be conditioned to be terrified of noises just by living in Oklahoma was mental. That's, in my opinion. I, <laughs> that's insane. That's insane to hear. Wow. But it, 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 and it is, it's an absolute level of power. No one is invading the U.S. The U.S. has the largest, the largest air force in the world is the U.S. Air Force. And then the second largest air force in the world is the U.S. Navy. Mm-hmm. The U.S. spends more, spend billions and billions and billions on military more than any other country. Oh, you don't got to tell me, man. They they suck my uh, paycheck out with the taxes and shit. I mean, like, you will have countries that have no military. There's quite a few countries that have no military and they've sure. not been invaded. Like, it's this, it's this weird, almost like movie like thing of being like oh you know we're always under attack <laughs> and yeah. it's like it's not the case no one's it's invaded a, us. yeah it, it's a weird way to justify their paranoia a- to, to be able to hold weapons um I'll, what's not gonna happen is the, the government will never be able to take guns back what well, i i absolutely think that that if the government if if the go- it, it's a way of like limiting, and there was there is legislation that you can do. But it, say if tomorrow the government went, oh, there's no guns are now illegal. That would never work, because everyone I spoke to who had a gun said that their justification for having a gun, other than yeah. them saying I just like it, like a lot of people were like, oh well, you know, I grew up in Albuquerque, and like there's a lot of people that do meth in Albuquerque, and they all have guns, so I have to have a gun because. If they're gonna have a gun, then I I need to. That's but the chicken or the egg. I, absolutely, and right. and I and I, do you know what? I I understand that because I understand the security it brings if you are in a place where where people who maybe aren't right in the head or or, or can be quite dangerous or have guns at their disposal. But if there has to be some sort of slow limitation to if you wanted to actually get rid of guns in the US. And then it comes back to the constitution again in a nice little circle of the fact that like, so the UK again, don't have a written constitution. Guns used to be available in the UK. Uh, We had two big shootings. One of them was um, up in Scotland in a school uh, in the ninth, in 95, I think Uh, someone went into a primary school and and shot a load of kids and then guns were banned. Everyone handed their guns in. There was what, there was one in in Australia in the nineties where someone went and shot like a harbor or something, mm-hmm. I think, and, and with an automatic rifle, everyone's guns were handed in and everyone was fine with it. But then you'll you'll have, you know, multiple school shootings in the U.S. and everyone goes, "Don't take my guns." We just had the uh, and I think it was a an elementary school that just got shot up. I think like fourteen or seventeen little ass kids we're talking the ages of maybe four to seven just disseminated like blown to bits couldn't like parents couldn't even tell their kids bodies unless they saw the shoes they were fucking wearing i I mean that's awful whilst i was honestly whilst i was out there i tweeted about it like whilst i was out there because uh, there was a lot of things that kind of like Americans brought me round to, I guess, whilst I was out there, uh, you know, um, honey mustard is a big one, but then the, the kind of gun control, 
I'd like whilst I was out whilst I was out there, there was almost a hundred school shootings in the year or something. Something or hundred mass shootings, sorry. And I was like, how's that right? Because I can count the number of mass shootings that happened in my lifetime in the UK on one hand. On yeah, one it's, finger. It's a real problem. Call, and it's the one that I mentioned before. Like, and I, I mean, I was in, I was in the US when the the Uvalde, um, yeah. Texas school yep. shooting happened, mm-hmm. and I, I, we were in the newsroom, uh, and, I, and I was just like, "That's not normal." No. And it, it's just like, "Oh, it's an, oh shooting update." It's like people have like the, the news, like news on the telly will have like graphics prepared for if there's a shooting. There we're desensitized be too, yeah. as well. Absolutely, and then as yeah. a, as, a, as a foreigner living in the US, it really took me back. That it, it was just like people were calm about it. <laughs> I don't know. It is a it, it's a massive cultural thing, and I, and I can't stress enough that the rest of the world is baffled by the US in in regards to that. That's why I told a lot of America Americans in in Oklahoma they 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 would ask what what the rest of the world thought of the US. Uh, and guns was always the main. It, it, it's always the first thing I've thought of about the US before I went out there was the, the gun thing there. It was what every single member of my family and all of my friends asked about first whilst I was out there. That and the fried food. <laughs> yeah, and the fucked up thing is that some Americans are proud of that. You know? That it, it, they're it, proud it, that they have the most guns. Like, so, some people have armories filled with guns and have a family of four. I, I I don't know how to justify that at all. I can't. I can't. Absolutely. I, it, it, baff, yeah. it baffles me just as, as much. But again, because it, 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 it's written into the Constitution, it's less flexible. And it, it it's... The guns yeah, back I, then, though, were like fucking muskets, man. It took like a minute to reload. And exactly. it was so inaccurate. And now you have these automatic semi-automatic what like you were saying the red dot and these fucking high-tech scopes they are people now thinking they're like tom clancy's <laughs> rainbow six like it yeah like chill a bit like you why know, do you need that for a house intruder i i mean like I, I, and what if a house intruder comes in with a gun as well like what are you gonna be quick first to the draw like there's there'll be people there who aren't just have a gun and just have it because they have a gun i, I don't know I, again but maybe it's me stepping on the toes of kind of american culture because it's not my culture and i understand people value guns and, and there are countries in the world like switzerland where Swiss, switzerland certainly at one point anyway had a higher number of gun ownership than people in the country there was more guns in switzerland than people but there's less there's less shootings there's no shootings in switzerland so then it comes back to a kind of mindset thing in switzerland there is a gun range Mm -hmm. that goes over a motorway so you shoot at one end of the motorway and at the other end of the motorway is a target i think uh the people of switzerland are some of the most happy people i think i saw this on a some kind of statistic chart but i think the issue is america is just so over prescribed with antidepressants or some some kind of psych psychiatric i don't know fill in the blank something to to numb your mind i suppose like a antidepressant i guess mm. I, 
like Zoloft is what the word I was looking for. And I, I think it just kind of numbs you to where you just don't give a fuck. It, I mean, I mean, with that as well, like that, th- I think that stems from the fact that because private healthcare is so prominent over there, which again is another thing that kind of blows my mind or did when I was out there. The, um, but you know, it's almost like a profiting thing. If you're more reliant oh, it's a on complete on, money grab, yes, oh ab- yeah, absolutely. Like there, there's no way you can't just walk into a, a doctor's here and go, I need, like. I, I can't even name the brands of the medication because no one has it. Like, wow. people will buy, like, sleeping meds in, in like, just, like, Walmart. Like, mm-hmm. that. I, I knew, or I knew loads of people that were essentially on speed <laughs> to, to yeah. stay up and do, like, uni work. It's uh, not caffeine I, pills. It's it's actual amphetamines. I can't, I can't remember what it's called. Or, the, the, or there's stuff like Adderall, like, like right. ADHD medication and stuff like that will keep people kind of active. Is, is that legal out by you? I've never seen it. I, I okay. didn't know. I, like people have ADHD medication, but they get it prescribed by a doctor, and then it's free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, if 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 you if it's an actual med- medical, so I so for instance, I'm epileptic. Mm-hmm. I have epilepsy medication. Right. I get it for free. I get like thirty days worth or ninety days worth, I think. And then at the end, I'll just go to a pharmacy, and they give me more. Beautiful free. as it should be out here. If you have that, I mean, you better have a fucking job. You better have cash because you're not getting that shit. Well, I mean, whilst I was in the US, I they I couldn't take as pills out to cover me the whole thing, so I had to pay for them. But I was so <sighs> against it's expensive, really expensive. So I was so yeah. against paying for them that I started then weaning my epilepsy oh, Jesus, pills out, man. and then I had a seizure in November. <sighs> Purely from the fact that I was, I mean, again, it's my fault. I'm not going to blame the American American healthcare system for me not taking my pills because really I should have bit the bullet and paid for them. But that was that was the reason I was weaning them because I didn't want to run out of them and then have to pay a hundred dollars to get pills I get for free at home. That's such an issue out here, and also with our healthcare, it's so fucked up that we have we have to pay for our healthcare, but then additionally. You have to have add-ons for your eyes and your teeth. You have to pay separately for those. That's mental. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. I, I bet shit crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I've got my, my little brother, bless him, has a type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and he has a an insulin pump and he has a sensor and and he he's manages it. And, and, it's, and it's great, all the kind of resources here. And then I'll, like, you know, people out in the US, like, are missing feet. Because they can't yeah. manage like that. Like that's something I'd never seen before. That's not a thing here because people with diabetes are looked after. People with probably, I mean, like Breaking Bad in the UK would be over after fifteen minutes of episode one. <laughs> like how mental? Right, because he'd be, yeah, he'd get treated. He wouldn't have to go chemo. into debt. He's got free chemo from yeah. the free healthcare that normal yeah. developed nation should have. <laughs> that's actually pretty goddamn funny i have never heard that that makes so much sense too Jeez. well harry we've done this for uh hour 26 what do you say we wrap it up that was a great conversation man it's been an absolute pleasure jay and i've got absolute to say as well I, I, as an interviewer you're a fantastic interviewer i appreciate it. you're you're very good at making documentaries i'm looking forward to it man um, go ahead and shill out your social media if you have them and your YouTube page or anything you have upcoming. 
Absolutely, thank you. So the documentary, I mean, I don't, I'm not even sure we mentioned the title in this podcast. The documentary is the real, uh, called the Real Black Sabbath, um, and yeah, it's it's on YouTube. It's free to watch. Uh, you can find it on the All Out Attack uh, YouTube page, uh, where I also have the All Out Attack podcast. Which I mean, there's there's only I, I do it sporadically. I do it when I I find the right kind of guests that fit into the remit of cult members or undercover mm. police officers or drug enforcement agents or whatever. Uh, and then on my Twitter's um at Rob O'Harry, R-O-B-B-O-H-A-R-R-Y. And I'll just post random stuff there, I guess. Journalism and not journalism. <laughs> and that's about it. But yeah, Jay, thank you so much for, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, Harry, it was a delight. Thank you. I'm looking forward to your stuff in the future. Really excited. All the listeners out there, thanks. Have a nice weekend.